Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I am not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better, and I am trying to be a better man of my word, to have a higher value on my personal integrity. And this is what I want to talk to you about, because I want you to strive to be a better man of your word as well. Now, I think just like myself, if you were asked by someone, are you a man of your word? I think without hesitation, you would say yes. You would want to say yes instinctively, because being a man of your word, this is respectable. This is honorable. This is a good indication that you have a high personal integrity. This is, a, this is something that puts you in a good category. And while we know our flaws, we still have a desire to be placed in these good categories. We probably wouldn't even think about the question that we were being asked. We would just think, this is a good thing, and I'm striving to be good, so yes, I'm a man of my word. Now, I'm not here today to tell you that you are not a man of your word. I'm here to challenge you, just like I'm challenging myself, to strive to be better at being a man of our word. Because I think we fail the most at this within our home, and that's probably where we should be the most successful, the most respectable and honorable when it comes to being men of our word. Just listen to this. With your friends, with other people that are acquaintances, you want them to think highly of you. I want people that I meet to have a great first impression of me. When I speak, I want my actions to follow up my words. If I say something, I want to perform it. And I think you would agree that you are the same way. You want your friends to continue to have a high value of you and to respect you and to honor you and to think that you are a good person. I want that. You want that. We want that with strangers. We want good first impressions with people that we don't even no, even at work, we definitely strive to be men of our word because we want that promotion. We want that bonus. We want that beautiful office. We want whatever that next step is. And that requires us being men of integrity. That requires us being someone who is respectable, someone who is honorable. And when we say we're going to get the job done, we actually get the job done done. So outside of the home, we really value the things that we say, and we value backing those words up with performance and with our actions. But in the home, I think we struggle with this sometimes. I know that I do, and I know that I'm not alone on this. So this is why I want to talk about being men of our word. I'm challenging myself, and I'm challenging you to strive to be better in the home when it comes to having a high value and integrity of your word, because our words are powerful. Our words are impactful. I think about the biblical perspective of our word. I think about how we are trying to mirror God and strive to be like him in every way that we can. And when it comes to our word, that's another way that we strive to be like God. I think about God's word. It's creative. It gives life. It creates order and peace in the midst of chaos. God's Word brings about goodness. You read Genesis 1, and this is what you see. God speaks, you see creativity, you see life, you see order and peace and chaos, and you see that it was good. And I think our words have that same potential. 
I think God designed us with the same ability and capacity to be able to speak words that are creative, that give life and bring peace and bring order, and that can bring about goodness. And I think that's what we ought to strive for. The Bible talks about how the tongue possesses the power of life and death. With our words, we have the ability to give life, but we also have the ability to take it. Now, I would not encourage you to go and test this, but you can look at plenty of other cases and you can see that this is a reality in our world today. You could go and bully someone and speak words of hate. You could speak words of negativity. And at some point, people will begin to buy into what you say about them because your words are creative, your words are powerful, and your words can bring about death. There are too many people who have ended their life because they do not see value in themselves because of what they have heard spoken to them by other people. Our words are powerful. But on the opposite side of that, and this is what I would encourage you to test, you can speak words of encouragement, words that edify, words that build up, and you can motivate and inspire someone to obtain and reach for heights that they would have never thought possible for themselves. But because you gave them that boost, that word of encouragement, you've changed the game for them. And you can see so many testimonies of people who are successful, and there's always that one person who said, you know what, I think you can do this, who gave them that word of encouragement, that that verbal advice, and they took it to heart, and they achieved wonderful and immense success. Our words are powerful, and we have to be better about our words in the home. We have to be men of our word in the home. And there's two places that I think we can mess up really easily on this. One of the places is sometimes we use our words, our speech, for selfish intent, where we are manipulating our kids so that we can get a result right now. We can get this instant gratification, and this messes us up. This is part of the reason we value our speech with other people, because we can immediately gauge based off their response or their body language as to whether or not they deem us good and valuable by how we present ourselves, by how we speak. We can see that and get that instant gratification. But the reward that we get within the home, we don't see that come to fruition until 10, 15, 20 years from now. And so it's almost this out of sight, out of mind thing, and we're not thinking about it. And so we don't have that value that we always need to have at that level that we need to have it at in the home. So we have the tendency to be manipulative with our language. Now, one of the things that I can think of is sometimes we throw out these consequences that we're not going to back up. You know what happens. Your kid is driving you crazy. They're not listening. They're having an awful day. Maybe it's an awful week, an awful month, an awful season. You name it. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there, you've done that, and you've burned the t-shirt because you want to forget about it. But your kid can drive you up the wall, and then you can spurt out something like, if you do this one more time, anything that I have ever bought for you, I am going to destroy. Now, it comes out a little bit like a threat, but what you're trying to do with your words 
is you're trying to manipulate your child to do something that you want them to do right now in the moment because you need a break. You need X, Y, Z, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. You're aiming for something for yourself. This is a selfish intent. And so you're using the power of your words to get it right then and right there. We're seeking instant gratification for us, for ourselves. And this, if that is the, if that's the motive, it's usually wrong. But the thing that hurts us when we try to manipulate our kids with our language is, one, we know good and well that we're not going to carry out whatever that threat was, for lack of a better term, I'll call it a threat, but whatever that manipulative speech offered, we're not going to carry that out. Let's run with the example that I gave, burning everything that you've bought for your child. You're not going to do that. One, you value your money too much to do that. Two, that's going to be a whole lot of work because if you really think about it, then you know you bought a house and part of that is for them. You're not going to just singe their room and their carpet and their bed. You've presented something that's impossible for you to fulfill if you're really trying to fulfill it because you've just exaggerated your speech because you emotionally feel exaggerated. You were just overwhelmed. It is too much. And because you don't seek first to gain control of yourself and your emotions before you actually begin to use the power of your speech, you just say whatever is on the tongue. And oftentimes, these are things that we should be regretting, that we should follow up with, hold on, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Let let me rephrase. Let me Let me just try to convey to you, kiddo, how I'm feeling and what we can do to achieve a desired outcome. Rather than taking the time to take that breath and to fix your posture and to say what you really seek to say, we say something that is chasing immediate instant gratification for ourselves, no matter what it might mean for the child. Now, while we can't back that up, it makes us someone who's not of our work because we're not fulfilling the things that we say, and our kid will catch on to that. Your kids will notice that, hey, dad gets fed up and dad says this, but dad doesn't ever do anything about it. They're going to start losing respect for you because the things that you say, you don't actually mean. And when they're young, it's one thing, but when they're young, they're smart. And they start to pick up on these patterns. And as they grow up and as they get a little bit smarter, they're going to start to piece everything together. And they're going to know dad's kind of a pushover or dad's not respectable because dad's too lazy to do all this stuff. Or dad just spurts out things because he doesn't actually think things through. And who in the right mind would do anything like that? They start to lose respect. That's ultimately what happens when you are seeking selfish gain and manipulating others with your speech. That's not an honorable or respectable thing. So when you do that, you're losing respect from your child. And that's not what we want to do. I have been guilty of this. And this is one of the things that I try to be mindful of. And if I say something stupid, I catch myself in the moment and I stop and I say, never mind, this is what will happen. If you're going to give a consequence, then give a practical consequence that you will actually follow through with. And make sure that the consequence that you give is actually adequate for what's happening. Don't go over the top. Don't undershoot. 
think, is what I am offering as a consequence, is this equal to what my kid is doing? Take the time to think about it. Because remember, we want to be men of our word. And if we're going to be men of our word, then we need to think about what we're going to say. Think before you speak. Your parents told you this. You learned it in school. You probably learned it in Sunday school. It's been taught to us our entire lives. It's so astounding to me how these little basic lessons that we learn as kids, that we often forget as we grow up and mature, are the lessons that we really have to keep going back to. Think before you speak. So if you use your language, if you use your words to manipulate your child to get them to do something so that you can achieve this instant desired outcome, this is not respectable, and your kid will pick up on it. Our children will learn that we are not respectable men. So that's one thing that can happen. And the other, I think, more obvious side effect of using our words in a very negative and unthoughtful way is we lose our relationship with our kids because we break trust, because we lied to them. And this is something that we really have to be careful of. Your kids are going to be involved in things. Your kids are going to want you to do things with them. And you have to be so careful. I have to be so careful. Together, dads, we have to be so careful so that we don't just lie to our kid in the moment because we know what they want to hear. But we've already, we've already packaged our excuse in our mind as we tell them, yes, we'll do that. Yeah, buddy, I'll be at your game. Yeah, I promise when we get home, we'll have that little tea party. Yes, we'll do the daddy-daughter date this weekend. I promise. I've got it all planned out. And what you actually have planned out is, yeah, I'm going to have to say that I'm going to have to work this weekend or do something else. And what you're going to do is you're going to place something of lesser value above your child that should possess a greater value than anything else. Remember, our priorities, God, our marriage, our kids— Anything else that we put above any of those three, we have put out of order, and we've used something of lesser value to give ourselves an excuse to not be committed to those things which possess the greatest value in our lives. So, don't lie to your kid. If you can't make a game, tell them ahead of time, I can't make this game. But if there's a chance that you can make the game, don't just tell them that there's a chance. Make the game. Make it happen. You have to follow up your word with your actions. This is one of the things that I think is so remarkable about God and His word. Now, something unique happened. God speaks in the very beginning. God let there be light, and there was light. God divided the firmament. God created the vegetation, the animals, humanity, all these things. God spoke, and God created. And John, in his gospel, writes about God's word. And he says that the word became flesh. God's Word had this unique experience. It became a display for us to see, a human. Jesus was the Word of God manifest in the flesh. This is why when you see Jesus, you see God, because the expression of God, His Word, His expression from the beginning was wrapped up in Jesus Christ. Now, we look at Jesus and we see all the attributes of God. We see God personified for us in our reality, that we can comprehend God the best that we can, 
we get that wrapped up in Jesus Christ. I wonder if you've ever thought what it would be like if your word could be personified. What would you see? God spoke, and that's that's personified as Jesus Christ. But what would our word be personified as if our speech could be embodied in flesh? What would it look like? Do you want me to tell you what it would look like? Your speech would look just like the man you see in the mirror every day. Is that what you want your speech to be? Is that what I want my speech to be? The way that I conduct my life right now is not the way that I want my life to be conducted in the next year, in the next month, definitely not in five or ten years. As I grow, I want to mature, I want to become better, I want to develop, I want to further myself. I want to be smarter tomorrow than I am today. And I want to be a man of my word. I want my actions to actually fall in line with the things that I say. If I say I'm going to do this, you better believe that I want to do it. Whatever my hands find to do, it's one thing to be able to quote the scripture. Whatever my hands find to do, I'll do with all of my might as unto the Lord. But am I really doing that in all honesty? No, I'm not. But I want to be a man of my word and have a higher value of what I'm actually saying. I want to be more mindful of what I'm actually saying so that my speech is a representation of who I really am. It's an expression of me in the purest form possible. My words give you this. When you hear what I'm saying, you ought to be able to see who I am. And I think that's the goal that we want to achieve. We don't want our kids to not respect us, but they're going to respect us when we speak respectfully, when we speak things that are respectful, when we follow through with the things that we say. We don't want our kids to not trust us and to not want a relationship with us, because when they ask us about something, we give them the answer that they want to hear, and we lie to them. We don't want that. We want to have trust, that foundation of a relationship. We want to build a relationship on top of that, and we want to nurture that relationship by continued communication, using our speech, using our words to build life, to build something that is beautiful and that is good. So the two things that for now we're going to focus on, that we're going to stop doing, or that when we do these things, we're going to be immediately mindful that we have done it. We're going to apologize because that's what men do. It's what big men, it's what fathers do. They're willing to apologize and they're willing to let their child know that I make mistakes too. But here's how you move on past these mistakes. We're going to apologize. We're going to take a second. We're going to think about the situation. And then we're actually going to speak something that we mean so that we can be men of our word. We're no longer going to manipulate our kids with threats that we do not want to carry out. If our kids are doing something and misbehaving in a particular way, and it's driving us up the wall because we are tense or we are stressed from the day, whatever it might be, we're going to stop ourselves, and we're going to think about what's actually going on. We're going to get control of who we are, our emotions, because remember, we're not children. Children say things that they don't mean. Children speak without thinking. 
men, fathers, we don't do that. That's not how we operate. So we're going to think before we speak. And if we make a mistake, we're going to apologize. And then we're going to think, and we're going to say what we really mean, what we will really follow through with. And when our kids ask us about things, we're not going to lie. We're not going to just immediately give them an answer because we think this is what they want to hear, that this will make us look good, right? You know, achieving that instant gratification. My kid will think highly of me if I say, yes, I'm going to be at the game. It'll put a smile on their face, and they'll be so thrilled about it. But then you disappoint them by not showing up. That's, that's not what we want to do. When we talk about things, when we speak of things, when we're asked questions, we're going to give a response. We're going to speak words of truth, words that we know that we can follow through with, words that when we speak, we know that we will have the actions that follow those words up, the performance that actually makes the speech come to pass. That's what we're going to focus on. We're no longer going to manipulate, and we're no longer going to lie. We're going to be respectable. And we're going to be trustworthy. And we're going to build a relationship with our children that's going to last through eternity. That's what we're doing. And we're going to be men of our word. I want that. And I know you want that too. And the beautiful thing is that we don't have to do it alone. We get to do it together. If you have any questions for me, if you have any response, if you have anything that you'd like to add or need help with whatever it is, you can always reach out to me, fatheringourfuture at gmail.com. You can find me on social media. Father in Our Future is on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's on YouTube right now. Check out any of those platforms and you will be able to find Father in Our Future. You can just use the handle at Father in Our Future. But again, if you've got questions, please don't ever hesitate to reach out. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to build a relationship with you, with other dads, because we need each other. I need you and you need me. We all need each other. And this is how we fulfill the mission. So don't hesitate to reach out, fatheringourfuture at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being with me today. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I hope you'll join me next time.